since the 16th of September 2021. So we've come to train our minds together. So if we, in training this mind, if we contemplate well, then we'll be able to know about all kinds of issues and see how the training of this mind is something that we can do um, with many things, and we can use it throughout our daily lives. So Lumpu Cha would often tell the monks that they need to contemplate, and if they know how to contemplate their use of the four requisites of uh, clothing and food and shelter and medicine, then they know how to meditate, how to cultivate their minds. Because using these four requisites, it's also um, a sense impression. So when we eat, for instance, then this is a sense impression that we're experiencing. Uh, Taste contacts the tongue, and then this sends a feeling. You get the feeling of sour or sweet or salty or spicy. And these are sense impressions that are contacting. So we should know a sense of enoughness and what's just the right amount when we're eating. And if we know that, then we're, that shows that we're able to contemplate what we're doing. And we can also contemplate the food as something that is disgusting. And so in Pali, uh, the word uh, for this is ahare patikula sanya. So the sanya, the perception um, of the repulsiveness of food. It's like the meat or the fish that we consume. Um, the mat before has blood, it comes from flesh. And even the vegetables that we eat, um, that these grew uh, dependent upon fertilizer. And and other things in nature which are kind of unclean. And so we need to clean these vegetables before we eat them. And then these days sometimes there's various chemicals, even poisons, that are mixed in with it. And so we contemplate it as being something repulsive, something disgusting. And then when we put it all together in our mouths, there's a feeling of it tasting good, of deliciousness that comes up. But where does that good taste come from? And if there was no saliva um, in our mouth, or if we didn't feel hungry at all, then would that food still taste good? If we'd eaten already until we felt stuffed, then would, there wouldn't be any good feeling there from that food. There wouldn't be any feeling of it tasting good, because we are full. And so this good taste, it depends upon our body, on that functioning well, on the nervous system working, on the digestive system working. In order for us to get that feeling of deliciousness. And if it was genuinely delicious, if that was its reality, um, then whoever ate that food would think the same, would feel that it tasted very good as well. But that's not the case. Whether we like a food or not, it depends upon what we're used to. 
if we grew up in a country and uh, we were there as children, we grew up there, and we are used to eating the food of that country, then we like that food. And so in most countries they like sweet things, they like fatty things, but there are also some places where they really like sour or spicy tastes. So if we are intelligent, then when we eat this food, we'll do it for the sake of supporting the lives of our bodies and for giving us energy to work. And for the monastics, this means energy to practice, to meditate. And so we know a sense of what's just right in taking food, and then we need to train ourselves as well. And so for monks, it's really important to train ourselves, and sometimes we can use um, eating in order to train. So there are the ascetic practices uh, that the Buddha recommended, and one of those is eating just the food that the lay people offered to us on arms round that they put into our bowls. And this ascetic practice is for the sake of um, expelling uh, greed towards food, any liking or attachment or um, desire for that food. And so we try to have a sense of contentment, a sense of um, wishing, just having few wishes, And so we do that through training um, of being content just with the food that we're offered on arms round. So Lumpucha, he would sometimes teach about these uh, ascetic practices. So when I was at Bodnambapong Lumpucha's monastery um, and I tried out this ascetic practice, but during the rains retreat, the rainy season, if there was a very heavy rain the night beforehand, then I knew that I would have to resign myself to the fact that I probably wouldn't get very much the next day. Because the lay people, the villagers, they would leave their homes right in the early morning, even before dawn, and take their buffaloes out into the fields in order to work in the field. And so they just didn't have the time to offer food to the monks on arms round. And I was newly ordained then, and in the line of monks I was about 20th down the line. And so sometimes there was just rice, just plain rice that I got offered. Maybe one dessert and then one scoop of rice. And so I remember that day and the image of that day very clearly that I was offered just one scoop of rice and one uh, sweet that was made from bean. And when I was eating, I was crying on the inside. Because my defilements, they wanted that nice taste from food. But I wanted Magapala Nibbana, um, the paths, their fruitions, and Nibbana. So, I trained myself to torture this mind, and it was a lot of suffering. And so sometimes there'd be this this crying on the inside, asking myself, well, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to torture myself like this? 
But it's actually quite important to be doing this because when we just eat very little or eat things that don't taste so good, then the mind doesn't get stirred up, it's not scattered. The thoughts don't go anywhere. But we can also observe that on the days that the food is very plentiful, um, then Mbuchar would say that the monks were very loud when they were washing and drying their bowls. Uh, due to the delusion, due to them being lost in the flavor of that food. But on the days when there was just a little bit of food that was offered at the monastery, and then the monks were very quiet when they were washing their bowls and drying their bowls. And so having a lot of food kind of makes the mind kind of too buoyant or um, too restless. And so then we need to know how to train these minds, such as just eating the food that we're offered on arms round. And this is really a practice to, to go against the grain and to torture the defilements. Or if there's a lot of food that's offered at the monastery, then we can try just taking a little bit. And how do we do that? Well, we practice to eat everything that we put into our bowls. And so we take just enough food so that there's nothing left. But if while we're taking that food, we think that, well, this is just the right amount, there'll usually be something left. But if while we're taking that food, we think that it won't be enough, then it turns out to be just right. But if the kilesas, they think, well, um, or they ask, well, is this actually going to be enough? Will this be enough to make me full? Then it, it will be just the right amount. But if we take what we think is enough, there'll be something left over. So we should train ourselves to eat everything that we take. Because these things, they don't come to us easily. They don't manifest easily. They arrive from the work, the hard work of the lay people. And they have to exhaust themselves doing these occupations. Have to receive many emotions, experience many different uh, feelings from different people. If they're an employee, then they have a boss and they have to uh, work under that boss and uh, be subjected to their emotions. And bosses, they also have their bosses as well. And so it's really not easy. And all these things come to us. Everything that arises, it comes about through effort. And so these come from the effort of the lay people. They've gone to, out to work in order to get this money. And then they have the faith to spend that money on offerings to the monks. So we need to contemplate these things before we consume them, before we eat, so we don't get in debt towards the lay people. So Lumpucha would say that if we delight in these four requisites, then that's something which is very dangerous. So we should contemplate oh, um, what the position that we're in, it's like we have received a scholarship um, in order to practice, just like a student receives a scholarship in order to study. And so for us, it's to come and to practice. And these things, they arrive through the barami of the Buddha, 
and through the kindness of the lay people. So we need to train, we need to know how to be frugal. And this is something which is really important. And then we need to build up a lot of goodness. Go to the morning chanting and sitting sessions, and the evening chanting sitting sessions, do the chores, do the communal work projects. And these are things which we do really need to do. We need to sincerely train ourselves to not mess about. So we should put our efforts into training, to not be weak-hearted, to not be discouraged, to not get distracted and delighted in things. Because we're not after these things, we're not after these requisites, that we have given all these things up already. And it's possible as lay people to get nice things, to get nice food. When the lay people get money, then they're able to spend that as they wish. But for us, we're out to train ourselves and practice, and so it's the opposite. So we need to train these minds, and to torture these minds, to not let them get delighted or attracted towards these things. And if we know a sense of enoughness, or we need to know a sense of enoughness in regards to everything. So there are some things which we like, and some things which we don't like. And for the most part, the things which we like, we want to get those things. The things that we don't like, we want to get away from those things. But if we follow that, then we'll never see the Dhamma. So the things which we don't like, we should take a lot of them. And what feelings come up then? What arises within the heart? The food that we really like, then we just take a little bit. And we know what we like, so we should train ourselves like this. And if we do that, then we'll get results from this. We won't be stuck on flavors, we won't be attached to food. And so, we can all train ourselves um, in this way. And this is a way to, to know a sense of enoughness. It's possible for lay people to, to give this a try as well, um, to try just taking a small amount of food that they like. But it's also not necessary to torture themselves in this way, because needing to go out to work um, and getting very tired from one's occupation, then it's okay to have a little bit of happiness. And there's no need to worry about that. But we make sure that we don't harm any beings through our eating. And if we do that, then we're not um, keeping the five precepts. Uh, but rather what we do is that we don't have any intention to kill or for any animals to lose their lives. And we don't instruct anyone to kill any animals either. Because this would be going against our precepts. But if um, there's any feeling of deliciousness that comes from the food, um, then we should think that... Uh, even though it may be very delicious, well, um, what does that, the source of that food, or what does it feel about it? And so there's 
a dish that's called kind of heavenly, heavenly pork dish. Uh, but the owner of that meat, it probably doesn't feel like it's in heaven. It also has children as well that suffers as well. And so we can try not consuming the flesh from large animals. And we can contemplate as we eat as well. And some people are vegetarian, and that's a good practice as well. And we can try doing that just on some days. Because there are many people who are vegetarian throughout their entire lives. And so we should be able to do this um, on just some days. Training to not consume the flesh of fish or other animals. And so when we do this, it's very conducive to having kindness towards all beings, not wanting to harm any beings, not wanting to consume their flesh. And so through doing this, then we're cultivating metta, this loving-kindness. But for the monks, we don't have the ability to choose our food, do we? Because our lives depend upon the support of others. And we need to be ones who are very easy to take care of. So we're not able to choose what we eat. And so we need to know a sense of enoughness um, in that food. To not eat too much. To not be deluded in the food that we eat. So there's one time that I practiced um, as a layperson uh, the practice of just eating all the food in one vessel. And so I thought to myself, well, what would that be like? And putting everything together into just that one vessel. And so the desserts were in there, um, the curries were in there, all the different kinds of food were mixed together. And so what's that like then? Uh, putting uh, the sweets and everything in together. And we can try this out, we can try training in that way. But when I did that, then just after eating a small amount, I felt like it was enough. I felt like I was full already. It was difficult for my body to accept that food. So sometimes the Bucha would teach about this, about eating everything um, in just the bowl. So one time after he taught um, about this, I tried it out. And there was a, um, a picture of Ovaltine that was being passed around. And so I put all the things into my bowl, uh, the sweets, the desserts, all the savory items as well. And also this Ovaltine in there as well. And I thought, well, what would it be like? I can try it out. Will the flavor still be good? Will it still taste delicious? And so it was quite difficult uh, to eat on that day. There was all these, all the rice and the curries and everything that was in there. And there was also a fish sauce in there as well, uh, mixed in with this Ovaltine. And so we can try it out. And for most of the monks, these are things that we've tried before. But we shouldn't neglect to carry on with them. We shouldn't forget about them either. And if there's a lot of proliferation towards uh, food, then we can train ourselves to cut off those defilements. The foods that we think about, that we want to eat, then we can just take a little bit. 
or if uh, there's things that we really like in our bowl, then we can sit for five minutes before eating and ask ourselves, well, is the mind stirred up? Is it in a frantic state? We take the food and then we close our eyes. And if there's just this desire to eat that food, then we know that the kilesas have appeared again. And so we should train ourselves in this way. And through doing that, we'll gain an understanding. And we need to contemplate before we eat as well. And we contemplate um, so that we are cautious and uh, restrained towards food. So before eating, then we contemplate. After eating, we contemplate as well. And we contemplate um, before eating how the food is just made up of these natural elements. And when they're brought together with this body, then they become disgusting as well. The food that is delicious when we put that into our mouth and we chew it, and then if we take it out, will it still feel delicious? What's it like then? And we probably won't be able to eat it again. And then all of these delicious foods, they all gather together in just one bag in the stomach of ours. And that's because the body needs to digest this food and it uses bile to do so. And then as that food gets processed, um, then it turns from this uh, fresh food uh, into old food into feces. And then the body then expels these this out. And before that, the bacteria work on the food, um, the different uh, processes in the digestive system, and it turns it into something that is disgusting. What we see with this air that enters our body, it comes in as oxygen and it leaves as carbon dioxide. Or the fire elements that's used to burn that food, um, then that has an effect on the body as well. And if the weather's quite hot, then uh, this produces sweat that uh, can ruin the clothing that we are wearing. So we should contemplate these things. And if we have a knowledge that's up to speed with them, that is aware of them and that knows them, then we know how to meditate and we know how to practice. And we're not deluded by these things. And so for monks, we need to be really cautious around this, to really make sure that we don't get deluded in these things. Because if we do, if we ordain and then we eat, we don't really do anything and then we go off to sleep, then we're getting ourselves into debt to the lay people. And then when we die, we'll get reborn as um, animals that are put to work, as buffaloes or cows. And Mpucha would say that um, this is what happens to the monks. They get born as buffaloes with uh, short horns. And the ones with short horns are the ones that are very good at working. And they get put to work um, endlessly. They don't stop. And it's very difficult for these buffaloes. Even when they get exhausted, then they're made to work. And if they don't, then they get hurt. 
and it gets to the point where they cry. And being born with that life, they don't have any freedom. They just have to work. And work no matter what the conditions are, even if it's pouring down with rain. And if they don't want to go, then they get pulled uh, by the ropes that are around them. And they're made to work. And then when they get old and they're not able to work anymore, then they're slaughtered. And so there's just suffering, there's just torture and ardour in their lives right until they die. And they don't have any opportunity to protest against this treatment that they're being subjected to. So therefore we need to be very careful, very cautious, to make sure that we don't get in debt. So we should all be sincere to know how to train ourselves, to know how to contemplate along these lines. And if we can contemplate and train in this way, then we know how to practice. So may you all set your hearts on this.